0: Hello, I am Pastor Nicholas Wright of Covenant Love Christian Center. I invite you to join me now in the Word with Pastor Nick. Well, this week, as always, during the week, there are things that move around on the inside of me. And I'm just, you know, when I get done today, I'll already start connecting for next week. And it just works that way. But I've got some things to share with you this morning That are uh, very, very important. So we want to start first of all with 1 Chronicles chapter 12, and then we'll go to Hebrews 5. Of course, we're talking about finishing out 2020. And if you need a subtitle for today, it's So, what do we do? So, what do we do? First Chronicles chapter 12, verses 32 and 33. And for all you amplified Bible lovers, God bless you. Just this morning we're going to read these two scriptures from that translation. I think they're very very good and they'll help with what we want to accomplish this morning. First Chronicles 12 Verses 32 and 33. And Issachar, and of Issachar, men who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. 200 chiefs and all their kinsmen were under their command. Of Zebulun, 50,000 experienced troops fitted out with all kinds of weapons and instruments of war that could order and set the battle in array. And Check this out. Men not of double purpose, but stable, and trustworthy. Ah, I like that. Men not of double purpose or two hearts, but stable and trustworthy. And let's read from Hebrews 5, verses 12 through 14. And uh, again, we're going amplified. <laughs> you see, let's go. Okay, come on back here. There you go. For even though by this time you ought to be teaching others, you actually need someone to teach you over again the very first principles of God's word. You have come to need milk, not solid food. For everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness, of conformity to the divine will and purpose, thought, and action. For he is a mere infant, not able to talk yet. But solid food is for full-grown men, for those whose senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to discriminate and distinguish between what is morally good and noble, and what is evil and contrary either to divine or human law. Now, in the times that we live. There must be a people. Who, number one, understand the times and know what to do. For me as a preacher. I believe that every preacher is supposed to be one of those people. That's my opinion. I think it's a pretty good one. I just do and I think we should be in a position where we should know what's going on and be able to help people to see what they're supposed to do not guide and direct people's lives as if we are the Holy Spirit but to be able to put things out so that people understand what's going on around them and then show them pathways or or encourage them to walk in particular pathways Um, we have to be a people who have undivided hearts people who honor, of honor without any sort of hidden agenda or double purpose, people who are faithful. So it's what am gonna take to help folks navigate through what goes on in the times that we're living in. And we do need to navigate. Every day is like getting in a ship and going out to sea and you gotta navigate what you need to do for that day. Anybody feel like that? I'm, you know, let me, all right. And uh, there's so many things that come during the day And so we need to figure out what's going on, God bless you, and um, know how to to walk. Now, the Bible talked in Hebrews 5 about being skilled in the use of the word of righteousness. And one of the things that that does is it brings us to a place of being able to have discernment. And um, I like, it's another translation, I can't figure it out, I don't remember, recall exactly which one it is right now. But he talks about having our mental and moral faculties. You're sharpened, honed to discern the difference between good and... Now, mental and moral faculties, right? That means you, you on the inside, you start, you, you'd be able, you're able to discern what's going on. Now, there are a lot of people that don't know what's going on out there today. It's amazing. And I, I'm not talking about just the world, but I'm talking about people in church. A lot of them don't know what's going on. They're still fussing over being Democrats and Republicans. There are people that are mad at me right now because I'm black and they think I should be a Democrat. And they don't know, I ain't tell them. But they just think, you know, because of the way I talk and relate things, that, oh well, you know what, he, he take his Democrat card away, take his black card away from him. You know, because he don't talk right and act right. Like we supposed to. And uh, you know that, that that's that's we gotta get away from that. That, that that's gotta be long gone. Long gone. Because all that does is keep stirring up strife in them. It doesn't answer any questions. All it does is it continues to create confusion and a cloud that the enemy can hide in so that people don't know what's going on. Now, there are three questions we could ask ourselves Ask ourselves today we need clear answers for. Number one, what's going on? Remember that? Oh, what's going on? Oop, my bad. Okay. <laughs> what do we do? And can we be counted faithful and honorable without having hidden agendas? Now, I know because of things that have been going on for, it's been almost nine months now, and a lot of times people get tired of talking about and hearing about it. Now, I know I get fed up with hearing about it on the news because most of them cats are just uh, fronting anyway. But people have a tendency to say, you know what, I I don't want to hear about that. But we need to hear about what's happening, and we need to hear about how we need to handle ourselves. That's the most important thing. And we need to hear what is under the surface, figure it out so that we know how to navigate our lives. We've got to understand how to do that if we want to finish our course. Because there are a lot of tricks. There are a lot of traps out there, a lot of landmines out there. And they're covered over with brush and stuff that looks like the land, that looks like the ground, and people are stepping on stuff, and it's blowing them up. And we don't want that. All right? So, first of all, you know, so what is going on? Now, we're in something that's been called a pandemic. <sighs> I was talking to Pastor Jermaine the other day. And I said, it amazes me right now that so many people don't know what's going on because they don't read. I am amazed more and more that these globalists, these Satanists, these Luciferians, that they write down what they're going to do beforehand. down what they're going to do. But because folk don't read, they don't know. And so they get to arguing and fussing. Try Trump, Biden, Biden, Trump. And get to fussing about all this stuff, and they didn't even read what these jokers wrote down years ago that they plan on doing. So you don't think we need somebody to help us navigate until we all learn how to read? Because <laughs> really, I mean, if anybody should not be in the dark, it is the household of faith. But some of us are just as much in the dark as the world. I to change that. Because, I mean, if, if the devil's giving you his playbook, <laughs> <laughs> Dear God, all the defensive backs ought to be in place, the linebackers ought to be in place, and, and waiting for the fake end around. And they go to they go to, like they're gonna do the end around, but you waiting right over here. <laughs> we knew you was coming. <laughs> it's like duh. So this is not a pandemic, it's a pandemic. Somebody say, Yeah, I heard that word. Yeah, but that's exactly what it is. It was planned. You can go online, and you can look at Dr. Anthony Fauci and hear him, quote unquote, predicting, quote unquote, predicting what was going to happen during the Trump administration. It's right there. Look at it. You can go look at some of the plans of the Rockefeller Foundation. You can look at Operation Lockstep and you can read what they plan on doing. (laughs) COVID-19 is the big farce to set people up. For what? To have their health, wealth, and souls systematically destroyed. Health, wealth, and souls. Systematically destroyed. I want you to ask a question. I want you to think about it a little bit. What would you think if back in March, when this whole thing started up, if everybody on this land went to YouTube and just pulled up Dr. Anthony Fauci and read, if you Googled the Rockefeller Foundation, if you Google lock Operation Lockstep, if you, and, and so on and so forth, and you, God bless you, and you, you look, sat down, and you looked at, listened to, and then read what was said, and then you saw this stuff start to develop, what do you think everybody would do, or should do? It's like, wait, wait, hold up a minute. Uh, no, there ain't going to be no curfew. Oh, no. Well, all of us that work in the store none of us are wearing any masks. Oh, oh, no, I'm not quitting my job. And I'm definitely not going to let you set me up for a vaccine. Well, see, that didn't happen. But now, thank God, what's happening now, there are people that are scratching and and figuring, starting to figure things out. Now, whether many of us want to hear this or not, this stuff right here is very, very important. Now, God already knows the end from the beginning, knows what's going to happen. But we're in a place where we, with him on this earth, have the ability to be involved in things and shape the way things are going, especially as a church, because that's, this is our responsibility. People don't realize the seriousness of what's going on right now with this election and all this kind of stuff that's happened and what's going on right now between now and January. Folk, it's not just about a Democrat or a Republican. We're talking about the very soul and the very heart of freedom, independence, liberty, all those things that have to do with, now Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Jesus wants people to live in freedom and not be in bondage to any man, any woman, any demon, any government that doesn't do what's right. Amen. So now, I, I would, um, now I'm, I'm, I'm going to put some things out here this morning in such a way that I'm going to try not to be dogmatic, but put them in, a, in such a way that you just think about what you hear and going from there. So I'm going to ask you a question. What about a virus? What would you do if you found out? Okay. What would you do if you found out that we already have coronaviruses in our bodies that are there for the purpose of defending our bodies from foreign pathogens? What would you do if you found that out? You don't have to answer. Just ask you to think about it. What would you do if you? Now, you have to listen to this carefully. What would you do if you found out that you already have coronaviruses in your body and that they are there for the purpose of defending your body from foreign pathogens? You said, I got corona in me already? (gasps) Yeah, a number of different ones. (laughs) But see, we're being taught from this angle here that that's bad. Now, there is a sense that it is bad when you talk about stuff that's done in the lab. But we're talking about what's already in your body that God created in your body. So that when stuff comes into your body, these jokers come outside of the cells To kick butt. And to dismiss, chew up, fight against stuff that comes against you. Now I'm gonna tell you, let me let me let me put this in here too, because something we're gonna have to to really, really do some serious homework. Because there's a lot of stuff that we're trying to fact check now, and we got folk that is just messing the whole deal up. I don't know. Some people, you may have to start going back to the public library. I don't know. Maybe look at books and stuff. I don't know. But these cats are pulling stuff away that we used to be able to find. And then the ones who call themselves the fact checkers are the ones who are putting out what they want you to hear. This is why we have this problem right now. And this is why, if, if anything, we, as Christian people, we need some discernment from the Holy Spirit and we just need some pure old general education. If you find out how your body works and how God made it, boy, that's a big part of the deal right there. A big part of it. A big part of it. See, so what, the way that God made you, and this is just part of our makeup. When things come in, God's got it designed that things come out to attack whatever comes in against you. So when you hear that word "corona," we got to think a little bit differently. Or oh, let me put it this way: we got to think on both sides of the coin. We got to think about what's in us, and then we got to think about what somebody else is telling us from a perspective of darkness. Satan's always going to be a perverter. Always, right? So what if I found that out? What if I found, would that change my thinking? It's like, oh, really? And so there are certain conditions that can cause these things to come out of the cells in my body. Now I have some interesting opinions, and I think that they're good, but you know I'm, I'm, I'm because they make all kinds of sense to me. We have, you know, a bunch of these sporting events that have been canceled, and some of these players that have been tested positive. And you know what can cause them to to do that? Or have that happen? They could have a lot of um, activity going on on the inside of them with stuff that is trying to hurt and kill them. Um, They could have some issues with oxygen, and not have enough of them. So what these cats, they come out and say, we're going to try and help and save you. But they're not testing positive because they got some deadly virus. Here's another thing. What, what if, what would you do if you found out that patented and foreign viruses need to be injected into the body. What would you do if you found that out? That you couldn't just What would you do if you found that out? I'm just asking you a question. What would you do if you found that out, that patented, patented, you know a patent is, right? That's right. It is something that somebody created. It patented, and uh, foreign viruses had to be injected into the body. What would you do? What would you do? These are important questions. What would you do if you found out that the test used for diagnosing COVID-19 was not even made for the purpose of diagnosing infectious diseases? What would you do if you found that out? <laughs> Just asking a question. What would you do if you found out that this PCR test is being made so much of this being used for diagnosing quote? End quote COVID-19 was not even made for the purpose of diagnosing infectious diseases. Do you think that that would change the way that people are acting right now? Do you think it would, if they really found that out and they were gutsy enough to actually believe what they found out and not what the people on the news are telling them, do you think it would change the way that people are moving in this nation and in the world? Yeah. It was, You know what, somebody lying to me. Now, I'm going to reiterate, I know that some of us are tired of hearing this stuff, but we need to because we have to understand the setup. If we don't understand the setup, then a lot of people are going to fall. They're going to drink the (laughs) Kool-Aid. And it's going to be (laughs) pre-sweetened. What would you do if you found out that there is no blood test for detecting COVID-19. Somebody said, "What's the, Why is the blood test important?" Because pathogens and viruses exist in the blood. Now, look, I'm not telling you just stuff that I've talked about. I, I, I've talked to some nurses and people in the hospital about this stuff. I ask them questions, and, and there were some, I, I, some of my asked questions that kind of blew their mind, and they started to think, "No, there is no blood test." Now, when you go into the hospital, go to the doctor, and you got something wrong with you, what's the first thing they want to do? Take your blood. is <laughs> to say, stick around, let me see your vein. And it looked like they're taking a whole lot more than they need. <laughs> and put my blood back. <laughs> but that's what they do. They, they, do. they, they, they take your blood, right? Amen. Who's taking any blood for testing for COVID-19? you might have somebody trying to jab a Q-tip up into the middle of your brain. (laughs) But who's taking a blood test. Remember, the Bible says the life of the flesh is in the blood. So if you're going to find out what's going on on the inside of somebody, you need to find out what's in the juice that's running around in there. So if there's no blood test for this thing, something's wrong. There's a lot of snow going on. (laughs) I'm just asking questions. (laughs) What if you found out that scientific criteria for declaring COVID-19 as a pandemic has never been fulfilled? What would you say if you found that out? That the, the pathway, the scientific pathway that has been set out for people to figure out whether something is real, should be a pa- declared a pandemic or not, it never was fulfilled. What would you do if you found that out? Somebody just told you it was a pandemic. But did anybody do what was supposed to do to be able to see it was, would be declared, that it was right to declare it scientifically? See, so the, the reason that we bring these things up and we have to put them out is because we've been being lied to, people have been being lied to and snowed. Amen. You see. Now, if, if we have to that has to be important to us. Because if people are believing lies, Then they're going down a pathway that is leading them to something or somewhere that they really are not going to want to go. They're going to think they want to go there, but they really don't want to go. And people want to find this out before they get there and can't get back. And somebody's got to tell them. Somebody's got to tell them. Somebody's got to have... First of all, be be astute enough to dig into some things and then be bold enough to put some information in front of people's faces and let them know what's going on. Hello. This is part of our deliverance word and message because we got people around here that are everywhere I go. I'm looking at these people walking in fear and and, and got their faces covered up. And some of them starting now looking like they're in a daze as they're walking around. Looking like they're in a la-la land. So now, here's the destructive progression. First, the instigation of fear regarding people's health. This is why this thing has gone as far as it has. You know why? Because people are really afraid when it comes to whether or not they're going to die. And so when this thing first got put out, and it's like, oh, my God, if this thing gets me, I'm going to die. And then if somebody gets close to me and breathes on me, oh, my, that's going to increase my chances of death by 42 million percent. (laughs) And if they get within my six-foot range, oh, God, it's going to create between 527,000. That's just like it's too close, and they're going to get me. I'm going to die. So the fear of death is what is messing people's minds up, even Christian people. Man, I thought full gospel people would really be on it and be able to figure out what's going on. Since we, of course, we talk about having a Holy Ghost. I thought we'd be able to figure, I really figure out what's going on. Shama, shama, shama. Oh. So, fear <laughs> regarding people's health. All right, look the, the the progression, the destructive progression. Here we go. We it impose unlawful lockdowns on people. Their businesses, their employment, and finances destroy the wealth of people. That's right. Do you know how many businesses are shutting down, closing? How many people don't have jobs? Stores that have been around for decades. Mm -hmm. And they're gone. Is that supposed to happen? Not righteously. But you got to think about these things. If that's happening, that means somebody wants to make it very, very difficult financially and wants to put you in a place where you got to depend on somebody else. See, there's a a systematic plan where this foolishness is concerned. And it's not to do anything to come up with something to try and protect your health. That ain't got nothing to do with it. Zero, zilch, nada. Zero. Maybe we go minus. Has nothing to do with protecting your health. Because if it did, this stuff would have never been put out in the first place. Mandate that people weaken their own immune systems through the wearing of masks and face coverings. See, it's a progression, a destructive progression. You said weaken my immune system? Yes. If you're going to be standing up in a store working all day long and you're wearing that thing covering up your face, you know what, you, you know what you're breathing back in? Come on, you're breathing toxicity back in. Do you think if God, if that was good for you, God would have made you that way. You know what it had? He'd have had a a tube connected to you coming out of your lungs into your nose and right back out of your nose into your mouth. And And your exhaling would just come right on back in and, you know, He'd have made you that way. He'd have made us that way. But obviously, he didn't. He made our lungs, and he put them in a place where there was to be an exchange between oxygen and the CO2 and all the other stuff that comes out as waste products when we exhale. So for somebody to set something up and say, you need to wear a mask, cover up, and breathe your own trash back in, I can't see that somebody would be looking out for my health to try to mandate something like that. It does not make sense. Folks who walk around like zombies and they're not even thinking about it, they're just thinking about man, COVID-19 can't me. COVID 19, I can't let it get me, can't let it get me, can't let it get me. COVID 19, you can't get me, can't get me. So can't get me, can't get me, can't get me. And don't realize, see the way that the devil plays, you gotta understand something. God's people, He's gotta use your own power and your own will against you you. You gotta make decisions for yourself. to help you destroy yourself. But he makes it look like he's the one who's in control. But he's got to have your will and your decision. I get so fed up in walking into stores and watching what these corporations are doing to the people that work for them. It is so disgusting. Somebody in a store needs to get what we're talking about and relate it to people and help people to understand it. And maybe in certain places there are people, maybe a whole store will rise up and say, you know what? If we're going to work in your store today and help you make money, none of us are going to wear a mask what do you think would happen? They wouldn't have time enough to replace everybody. And then somebody in corporate that knows what's going on might get the message and say, you know what? We're not going to play this game anymore. Some of them are getting the message. Some of them are tired of losing money. And that's why they ain't bothering you when you come in this store anymore. And even though all these numbers are supposed to have exploded, there was a gym that was shut down, and they opened back up. I thought that was interesting. I know the place, because I play ball there sometimes. That's right. They said, <laughs> all right, we ain't paying no attention to this this time. And that's happening, in little sprinklings and splatterings all over the place now. But see, there's a lot at stake. The reason I'm going through this and I believe that God wants to go through this is because there is a lot at stake. People's lives are at stake. And this nation is at stake. And the world is at stake. Nobody in their right mind wants to be under Luciferian rule. Nobody in their right mind. Because he's not going to promote freedom. It's going to be nothing but bondage. So, Get as many uh, people as possible dependent upon de facto government for the supply of their needs. See, that's another part in this progression here. Now, granted, and this is something you to look at. Granted, when, when we look at our Constitution, if something crazy happens, then there in there, they, they have an obligation to help people. But now, you got to think about the fact that, let's just say, as a, for example, and don't, don't hurt me, and y'all online, you know, don't shut me off. But what do you think would happen if there's a change in this administration and you get a socialist leading to communist administration in there, What you think is going to happen with right now what may be a benefit, it's going to turn into something else that's designed to enslave you. Because, see, that's the way socialism and communism operate. And they're only going to let you have a little portion. And if you don't do what they want you to do, you're not going to get that. That's right. You don't do what they want you to do, then you're not going to get it. Introduce vaccines that will contain patented and other contents that will contribute to the alteration of the bodies and souls of the people that receive them. Patented. That means years ago, people started planning on putting stuff inside of people that would hurt them, that would kill them. And we got to something that is on the brew and on the horizon right now, where stuff that's in here is, is designed to alter people's DNA. That ain't the craziest thing you heard. Some people think, oh, nobody would ever do that. Do you know how crazy the devil is? Do you know how much he hates man? <laughs> you think you're going to get something injected into you that's going to uh, immunize you and keep you from getting something? And you're going to not even know who you are and not be able to exercise your own will anymore. There'll be somebody else. Simultaneously, move socialism into full-blown communism. Yeah. This is all. This is was, was this. All, this is what. There's a war going on right now, and all of what we're talking about right now is a part of this war. It's a part of it. See, now what happens is most folks look on the surface; they don't see what's going on under here. They don't see what's going on for, for the, 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 the eternal, me put it this way, they don't see what's going on for whether someone will be on the side of light or darkness, spiritual life or spiritual death. They, they don't see that as a part of this whole deal going on here. Nor do they see in the natural where life and death are concerned. Poverty and lack, prosperity and poverty. You don't see these things. They just see, man, I don't want to die. 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 All this is a part of war. So now, what do I do? What do you do? What is part of this navigation here? Because this is important. What do I do? What do we do? What do I do? I should look in the mirror and go, God, what do I do? First thing I need to do is I need to take responsibility for my own health, and I got to learn how to protect it. I have to do that. Today, there is no choice about this, guys. There are things that years ago you might have been able to slide by, but not anymore. Gotta take care of yourself. Somebody said, You're gonna say it again. Yeah, I'm gonna say it again. We gotta learn to eat, drink, exercise, think, and sleep right. All of these things are important. All of them. Every single one of them. I gotta learn how to eat right, drink right, exercise right, think right, and sleep right. They are all interwoven together. And if I don't learn, and don't, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. If I don't, I don't figure that out, then it's going to be easy for me to fall prey to the stuff going on around me. And see, there, there is such an interweaving, and inter, these things are so intermingled that they don't just affect your body. What you eat and what you drink does not just affect your body. It affects your mind and the way you think as well. The chemicals that are going on on the inside of you. So it becomes of vital importance. And I know in here, which y'all, I ain't saying nothing new, but I'm going to say it because we got to say it. We got to talk about it. And then somebody out there may not have heard it. <laughs> but this is very important. You're going to got to. You have to read labels. You've got to pay attention. I don't care if the, fi- the print is too fine, go to the store with a magnifying glass. Get <laughs> whatever you got to do. Or if you bring it home and you, dear God. I, man, they told me I had 20-20 vision, but I still can't see it. Get you a magnifying glass. Do whatever you got to do. But read it, and if you don't understand it, look it up before you put it in your mouth. And if you do put something in there that don't fit like it's are supposed to, then you got to find a way to flush it out. Because <laughs> there are ways to do that. God has provided so many good things. It's amazing. But I can't sit around and vegetate. I'm going to have to pick up some books. I'm going to go, I'm gonna have to search out some people that know what they're talking about and who are looking out for my good. And do you know the people that are looking out for your good now that they're putting their lives on the line? That should tell you something, too. Because the people that want you to get it right, they're being attacked by the ones that want to kill you. That should speak loud in volumes. What else? Find out how to strengthen your immune system. That that God put on the inside of you as a defense. And to push stuff away from you that's trying to harm you. Figure out how it operates and what you need to do to feed your immune system. And boy, let me tell you, there are some good things out there. And some of y'all don't think just because you're young, maybe teenagers, you don't need to do this. Let me tell you what, boy, I'm going to tell you. Folk, folk are dying of cancer earlier and earlier in life these days. They're coming down with sicknesses that people didn't used to get until they were like 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. So don't take it for granted where you are chronologically on this line. Don't take it for granted because everything is being set up to destroy you. And nobody cares how old or how young you are. Let's just get you out of the way. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you the truth. If you're on pharmaceuticals, find a way to get off of them as quickly as you can. There are tests and people that exist that know what to do. Somebody said, why well, I need to do that? Did you know that back earlier in the 1900s, that there's a name, some a familiar name, you would know if I, as I spoke this name. But what they did is they changed things around in the medical profession To where when people used to, doctors and people that wanted to help you with your health, what they used to do, they used to use things like ozone and herbs and stuff that was good for you. And this cat started to change things around and started to bring pharmaceuticals in that were petroleum-based. Petroleum? You know, like Vaseline petroleum jelly? You know what petroleum is? (laughs) Am I pouring gas into a car or something? (laughs) That's right. All I'm doing is, folks, I'm just telling you the truth. That's all I'm doing. People can do what they want to. I'm just telling you what's going on. So for me, I'd be finding me a way to get off of this stuff as quick as I can. I would be reading. I'd be hunting stuff out. Secondly, what do I do? I need to honor the Lord in my material life. Somebody said, "Why is that important?" I need to put Him first. There are promises that God makes to me when I put Him first. So as long as I keep Him first, no matter what's going on, see that sets the the, the platform and the stage up for other things. This is important. He's got to be first. First, Um, Destiny, come here, please. Is this on? I I just want a a preacher to say what I said. Put God first. Just tell people, put God first. You have to put God first above all and above (laughs) anything that's going on in the world and anything that you... Think is more important, whether it's for kids, for me, TV, or your phones, or any worldly book um, that you might be reading, if you're taking more time to look at that instead of your word, um, you need to make sure that that's the first thing you do in the morning. The first thing you say is, God, you're good, um, and make time, set a time, set a day, set an hour, minute, whatever it is, to make sure that you have that connection and that relationship and build that um, strong foundation with your father. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Put him first. Time, energy, money, material stuff. Put him first. do Don't. And it doesn't matter what you have right now or don't have. Whatever you have and wherever you are. Just to make the decision today, from this point on, he's first. That's all. He's first. All right Now, First fruits, tithes, offerings. Now, I'm, I'm going to say some things to you right now that, oh, Lord, you're going to have to help me, Jesus. That are so important for the church to hear. What you and I do with our material giving is not where everything ends. What do I mean? Just because I do that and I believe God for a return, that's not it. It goes beyond that. But my obedience here is a setup for things. Now, listen carefully. Because there's some things in Christendom and especially among people that believe in prosperity, there are things that need to be said, so that we get the whole picture. Now I'm gonna tell you something. For the last, oh my God, and, and I, I for it's probably since about 1984, and for about close to 12 years, eleven close to 11 years, I had to deal with people almost every day, talking to them, writing letters that were trying to figure out what's going on. I'm tithing. I'm giving. I'm doing this and that. And ain't nothing happening. How come? Why come? And the thing that has bothered me Over the years, is that there are other things that the scriptures have to say about how you should conduct your material affairs that don't get emphasized. And so, I'm just going to use me as an illustration. I'm going to stand up here, and I'm going to tell you, sow a seed, and you get a hundredfold return. And that's all I'm going to tell you. Bring the tithe into the storehouse, so there's meat in my house, prove me with it, and I'll open the windows of heaven, and that's all I'm going to tell you. And there's more to it than that. Because I can do all that, but if I don't do certain fundamental things, like working, putting my hand to something, uh, uh, then... Uh, pretty soon, I ain't gonna have nothing, no first root, no die, no offering. <laughs> listen, y'all gotta listen to me. <laughs> Working is fundamental. Somebody thought it was part of the curse. No, when when God put Adam in the garden, the first thing He did was giving him a responsibility: tend to the garden. Yeah. Before He even gave him a woman. So some cat come along, talking real smooth and slick, and to you and say, yo mama, you, you only put a ring on your finger. Yeah. You got a job? <laughs> is you working? Oh, uh, oh, uh, well, no, see you later, alligator. <laughs> After a while, crocodile. <laughs> that was. This is fundamental. You, everybody's got to do something. And a preacher that may tell you about giving, day, the, the, the thing that, that many people don't see and don't even think about is that the preacher's working. Preacher's doing a job. I, I, right now I'm working. Did you hurt me? Before I get here, I got to work with this. Oh, I got to work in prayer. So, ain't nobody gets by or slides by without doing something. Work is not a curse. (laughs) Some of us might feel like it. (laughs) But it's not a curse. It's what God set there for us to be able to cultivate, to be creative to increase and make more than what we start with. So it's not just my giving. Now, I say this because I've, there are people that have been frustrated and disillusioned over the course of their Christian lives because if all they do is that, and they think, man, everything is just so, supposed to explode, and it doesn't happen, then they want to curse God curse the preacher that told him that, and leave Christianity. And the ones who really, really want to stay tight with God, they won't won't leave Christianity, but they'll live disillusioned and frustrated lives. Let's give me some scriptures. Man, I got a bunch of them, but they're not... Let's look at Deuteronomy 28.12. But there is so much that needs to be talked about. We have to find something to put our hands to that gives the Lord a vital avenue to manifest blessing in our lives. Say that again. We have to find something to put our hand to that gives the Lord a vital avenue to manifest blessing in our lives. I say vital because we already are blessed. That's a fact. It's a given. We already are. But there's a vital avenue. See, there's something. We've we got to do something with our hands. We can't just sit. All right, Deuteronomy 28, 12. I, I, I'm a, just a few scriptures this morning. The problem, I mean, it's like people will we'll all know these, but it's like, oh, That's what that said? Really? Where's my Bible? This one. (laughs) Deuteronomy 28 and verse 12. Now, check this out. It says, The Lord shall open to you his good treasure, the heaven, to give the rain to your land in this season and to bless all the work of your hand. Whoa. So, what is he going to bless? The work of your hands. <laughs> so that mean? let me see your hands, baby. If you take my hands are cold right now. So this is what happens when I get to moving around. My heart's warm, but my hands are cold. But if you you, you 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 take these hands and you start putting them to something, oh, then God blesses the work of your what your hands. But if you keep your hands in your body. He's trying to find an avenue. This is what he said. Oh, yeah, I open my good treasure to heaven to give the rain to your land in this season. But he said, and to bless all the work of your hands, and you shall lend him any and borrow from none. So you gotta put a hand in something. All right, Proverbs 14:23. I said, preacher, you, 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 you act like you're kind of bold. Hey, listen, I don't care. I'm not here to please man. I'm here to put scriptures out and put the word out and give people things they need to think about from the entire spectrum of the Bible. And this is so important. Proverbs 14, 23. In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tends only to penury. Talk is cheap. You heard that? That's where it came from. <laughs> this, is, this is a scripture, y'all. In all labor, there's profit. But we could put it like this. If all I'm going to do is just talk and confess the word. <laughs> God help me, Jesus. 2 Thessalonians 3, 6 through 12. See, I'm, I'm, I'm so convinced that things that have happened, of course, it's the Garden of Eden, but in our nation over the decades that have caused people to have a change in the way that we think. When, 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 when this land got started, I mean, think about when people came over here. They came over here, and they had to put their hand to the plow to make stuff, to make it work, and to get things rolling so that God could bless what they set their hand to. And what America was at one time were individual people taking their responsibility to do something and make something of themselves so that they could have and be a blessing. But when we got a change in the way that government started working and operating, we got people that started to tell you, you know what? Let us take care of you. You don't have to go out and do all that. Let us take care of you. And we'll give you a little bit, but we'll take from you. And instead of you being an entrepreneur, instead of you being somebody that could call your own shots on your own land, own your own stuff, have your own gold, your own silver. You give that to us, give us about 20 30 40% in, in taxes, and we'll give you a little bit of stuff to play with. And so what should have been always promoted as it was from the beginning is you stand on your own two feet, you and God, and you let him teach you what to, you need to do with your life, so that you could prosper and you could be a blessing, and then people would exchange with one another what they had, somebody else didn't have, and nobody else is controlling them. That's the way a king does. And as the Bible tells us we're all supposed to be sovereign, then the government is not supposed to be our God. I said, the government is not supposed to be our God. I'm just saying. 2 Thessalonians 3, from verse 6. Now, these scriptures are in the Bible. I'm just, just reading the scriptures. 2 Thessalonians 3, beginning with verse, yeah, verse 6. Now, Now, this is Paul talking. He said, we command you, brethren... In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walks disorderly and not after the tradition which he received of us. Now, this is pretty serious he's saying here. He says, if you got brothers that are walking disorderly, he says, remove yourself. That's pretty strong. Somebody said, that don't sound like love. Well, what sounds like love to you and me may sound a little bit different to God. <laughs> See, sometimes we get faith with scriptures that maybe we don't kind of know exactly what to do with it. But here's what he said. And God has a reason for saying certain things. He said, remove. that walk's disorderly. All right now we're going to figure out what disorderly is as we keep reading. He says, For yourselves know how, we, how you ought to follow us, for we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. Neither did we eat any man's bread for nothing, but wrought with labor and travail night and day that we might not be chargeable to any of you, not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an example to you to follow us. Now, notice what these guys did. These are guys who were preaching, and they had a right to live by the gospel. We're going to read the scripture later on. They had a right to live that way, but they said, "We, we need to be an example to you because something's wrong here. You ain't got it. You don't understand that not Working is being disorderly. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to set an example. the preachers? Yeah, the preacher said, I'm going to work with my hands so that you see that you need to put your hands to the plow to do something. This is what Paul is saying to us. and so what he said to the church of Thessalonica. So let's go on. He says, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, no, 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 let me not get there, there, there too, too too fast. Where did I stop? Verse seven, nine. Okay, I did nine. Not because we have not power to make ourselves an, ex- but to, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you that if any would any would not work, neither let him eat. You said what? Now, this, is a guy, this guy thought it was so important that as a preacher who had a right, and these preachers that had a right to live by that, to say, you know what? There's something wrong here, and y'all didn't catch this part of it. So we're going to put ourselves on display and be an example for you to show you that you need to put your hand to something. I'm going to tell you what, this, this is a little bit off, but I'm going to tell you, Paul and God did so much. To, to, to put out there in front of us the things that we need to see to understand that this book will work. And he went beyond whatever he... I mean, there's stuff that normally people wouldn't have to do. But he said, you know what? I'm going to do it so that you can get the whole picture. This is amazing. He says, for we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, not working at all, but are busybodies. Now them that of such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. But you, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. See, God will never forsake anybody. But there's a course we've got to follow. All right, let's look at 1 Corinthians 9. Listen, why is this important? Well, it's important right now because God has to have avenues into our lives. We see what's going on in the natural. There are people not only in this nation but in other nations who are taking away certain things from people. And I don't care, folks. if I just had to go out and walk out all day long and hand out CDs and tracks and talk to the people about the Lord, I will do something to work and apply myself to something So that God's got an avenue. Are you all still here? 1 Corinthians 9, verses 13 and 14. Do you not know that they which minister about Holy things live of the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers of the altar. Even so, has the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. So, and as I said, started to say before, what escapes a lot of folks, they don't see this here. When they got some man up in front of them, a woman talking about giving and receiving, and all, and that's wonderful. We don't want to stop doing that. But they don't see the fact that they're doing a job. Some of them don't even communicate this to people that they're doing a job. And so all people here is sow seed, and God will multiply that seed. They're doing their job. I'm going to say it again, they're doing their job. They're doing their job. They're working. Now, the other things that don't get talked about a whole lot, because some of our men and women of God need to tell us some of the other avenues that they are in that are bringing income into their lives. Like, they're investing in things. They're causing their money to multiply. How much do you hear that being talked about when it comes to giving and receiving? And that's not right. Because if all I tell you to do is sow seed and that's going to take care of you, that's not right. Do what you want to do, but that's not right. And especially if I've got something that's creating other streams of income in my life, I can't tell you exactly what to do, but I can at least tell you that I'm doing something else. The reason this is so important because you get so many people get disgruntled. Like I said, they get disgruntled, they get disillusioned and blame God. It don't work for me. What's wrong with me? What's my problem? Maybe I'm not getting the whole picture. Hallelujah. I get the hard stuff to say sometimes, (laughs) but I don't care. Hey, do my job. What else is important? I need to educate myself. I've got to in this time and this season that I'm in, I don't care what area it is, I have to educate myself. Because you know what? Nobody's gonna sit me down. God's not gonna sit me down and make me open up books and search out information. And if I want to figure out how stuff works, I'm gonna have to educate myself. I say I ain't got time for that. Well, you don't have time to succeed. You got time to die and be destroyed and that the devil run over you, and that the New World Order run all over you, shoot you up with vaccines, make you go, and you die and get out of here. (laughs) I got to accept responsibility. Find out the Lord's agenda, make it your own, and commit to truth and righteousness. So what do I do? This is what I do. I got to do this. Find out the Lord's agenda, make it my own and commit to truth and righteousness. Like the guys, they said, hey, these guys were here Man, they are faithful. They're trustworthy. They're not of a double heart. They want to do what it is that God set before them. That's where we have to be. And so when God reveals truth to us. Then we've got to lay hold of it. And be willing to sell out to it, even though some of it may be uncomfortable as all get up. And that's where we have to trust God in those areas. And help him, let him help us renew our mind and our thinking so that we roll with him. You you, hear me? So Psalm 25, 20 and 21. Man, I sure love the way the Amplified Bible put that. That was just, to me, was just so cool. So anyway, Psalm 25, 20 and 21. Keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in you. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on you. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on you. Just make your decision. I'm going to be upright. I'm going to stay with what's right and trust God with that. No matter what's going on around me, I'm just going to stay straight on with what God said. John 7, 16 through 18. Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know, Concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority, he who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. So let's seek the glory of the one who sent us, be true to him, and not seek for our own glory but the one that sent us. And then finally, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 13 through 27. This is important for us as the church, as the body of Christ. In these days, it always has been. but I believe it's going to be more important that we understand what Paul is saying here by the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 from verse 13. For by one spirit, we were all immersed into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the whole, in in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? <laughs> Obviously not. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? don't care what you say, <laughs> we're in the body. If the whole body was, was an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body as just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Nor again the head to the feet, I don't need you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, On these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Think about it. If your arm hurts, everything on you hurts. Until you get rid of that arm hurt, your body is not going to be satisfied. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Folks, we are connected to each other. We all are a part of each other. We're the church. And it doesn't matter what happens with our brothers and our sisters, we can never forget that we are a part of the same body. Everybody is important. And we don't throw away any of the members of our body. That's important for the church to understand, no matter what happens. If you've got eternal life in you, and I have it in me, we're a part of each other. And it doesn't matter what you've done or haven't done. We still got to realize we're members of one another. And we've got to do what it takes to protect that. Because the world would sever us, split us up, and want to destroy us with social distancing. Keep us from connecting. We can't let it happen. You feel me? Can't let it happen. Father, we bless you today. Thank you for every word that you've given to us. Help us to decipher it, receive it, ingest it, and work it around in a way that's pleasing to you, and where we understand exactly what you want us to understand. We say thank you for that. We honor you today. And we determine to live. By your word, no matter what challenges we face, we stay with your word, we stay with each other. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, amen. We want to thank you for listening to today's message. For additional messages and as a way for Pastor Nick to bless you with vital information, downloads, and gifts, please visit our website at myclcc.com. We invite you to join us again next week for The Word with Pastor Nick.